podcast where we go in-depth on the most pressing and fascinating issues of today with experts in their fields. This is Jared Hawking. Well, I've been getting questions from listeners over the past few weeks about why I named the podcast All Things Connected. And that's a great question. So I thought that I would address that briefly in this episode. And I'm also going to share with you my general approach to this podcast as the host of the show while interviewing my guests. And before I go further in depth on that topic, let me say that my approach is based on using facts and data and driving toward real world consequences and putting much less weight on my intuition or opinions or what I think. Speaking about the title of the show, the truth is that everything on our planet and everything across history is connected. Things are connected temporally, geographically, ecologically, both directly and indirectly. And that means that the events and phenomenon that we observe today are rooted in connection to events from the past. For example, the recent Black Lives Matter protests were not just in response to the killing of a single individual, George Floyd, or three individuals, including Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor, but they reflected the centuries-long frustration of the Black community facing racial oppression. Another example, the pollution that occurred in Britain because of the Industrial Revolution in the 1800s certainly has consequences for today, for climate change and for public health. And in America here, we still live by the laws set forth by the Constitution and the decisions made by our founders more than 200 years ago, and so on. All things are connected geographically as well. Again, just as an example, the shampoo or peanut butter or laundry detergent that we purchase here likely contains palm oil that has been produced in Indonesia, resulting in the deforestation of entire rainforest ecosystems and putting one of our great ape cousins, the orangutan, at dire risk of extinction. Finally, as I am sure you are aware, all things on our planet are connected ecologically. In fact, as I have learned, the first law of ecology states that everything is connected to everything else. One of the coolest examples I have come across of this involves a case study of Yellowstone National Park concerning the extirpation and reintroduction of wolves to that park and how that change affected the ecology of the entire park, not just the other animals or plants, but the trees and even the rivers. This is explained in a excellent TED Talk called Everything is Connected by the journalist and sometimes biologist George Mambiat. I will put a link to that talk in the show notes since he explains it in an extremely interesting way and his wonderful British accent certainly helps. Now, what would be really cool is if I found a way to connect all of the topics that I plan to discuss on this podcast, perhaps from one episode to the next. But to be honest, I think that might be more contrived than I would want it to be. So where the opportunity to do so is clear and seems straightforward, I will do so. Otherwise, I'll leave it up to you to make those connections. Okay, now for a slightly different topic. If there's one thing that I've learned through my graduate education, it's that statements or arguments that lack data or evidence ring hollow and lack relevancy, certainly in intellectual conversations. That's why you'll rarely hear me on the show make statements that begin with, I feel like, or it seems like, or I think. If I do, then I acknowledge when making that statement that I don't have an empirical basis to make the claim. And therefore, you probably shouldn't even listen to what I'm saying in that moment because it's fairly irrelevant. 
Just as an example, I was listening recently to Joe Rogan, who I admire for the most part and obviously would be beyond pleased if I attained even 1% of the level of success that his program has attained with my podcast. What I'm about to say here is not to criticize Joe or his program, but it's to draw a comparison and divergence from this approach and the one that I hope to establish on my program. Joe was speaking with another public person who I admire, Brett Weinstein, about the recent Black Lives Matter protest. And he said, and I quote, uh, this is Joe Rogan speaking. There were these kids out there in Woodland Hills and they're chanting, no justice, no peace. And I'm like, okay, what justice are you talking about? Are you talking about George Floyd? Because, well, in that case, it seems like that guy is going to go to jail for the rest of his life. I don't know if that's justice or not. What is justice? What is peace? It's just a slogan, but they feel good saying it. I think if you pulled one of those kids aside and said, what's your message and what are you trying to do? I think a lot of them would have nothing to say. It just seems like the structure of things they feel is unjust. Now, maybe you don't see it this way, but this statement strikes me as problematic in many regards. The first is that using a platform with the mass influence that he has, Rogan in this case uses the phrase, I think, or I feel, or it seems, multiple times on a very important issue and makes predictions based on a future scenario that do not connect to facts on the ground whatsoever. Has he gone up to any of the kids in Woodland Hills to ask why they're out there? Has he taken a survey or looked at polling data? I I don't believe that he has. Has he looked into the future to see what happens to Derek Chauvin? Obviously not. So an assessment of these protesters' authenticity in their message based on a hypothetical future scenario strikes me as asinine, frankly. Derek Chauvin very well could go the way of officers in similar situations, most notably the officers in the Tony Timpa case in Dallas, where charges were dismissed for all three officers, or the case of Philando Castile or Darren Wilson who was charged in the Michael Brown case, and the list goes on. Another point here is that many people know no justice, no peace is not a recently born phrase. Definitively, it can be traced back to the 1980s in response to police violence then, and may have even been used in the 1960s during the civil rights movement. So this demonstrates a clear lack of awareness of history. And that leads me to a related point, which is I believe no matter how many guests I can have on this program, I don't think that I would do five episodes a week like Joe Rogan. And I don't think that I will because it's imperative for me to be incredibly well prepared coming in these conversations so that I don't buffet otherwise scientific and credible talk with opinion and conjecture. Again, all of this is not to criticize Joe, but to draw a comparison and to illustrate the types of conversations that you can expect to come from me here. And if I do ever slip into what you view as opinion or conjecture, please feel free to hold me to account. My Twitter is Hawking5, and you have my email from previous episodes. Okay, finally, there will be a link going forward in the show notes with a survey where you can provide feedback on the show, request guests, or particular topics. And if you do have three minutes to fill that out, or maybe even less, that would be much appreciated. After all, I'm making the show for you, not for myself. Thank you, and I hope you continue to listen and continue to enjoy the show. If you're enjoying the All Things Connected podcast, there's many ways you can show your support. You can write a review on Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher, wherever you listen. You can share it with a friend or talk about it on your own podcast. You can post about it on social media, such as sharing your favorite episode, or you can support it directly on Patreon 
at patreon.com forward slash all things connected. Thank you very much. Your support is much appreciated.